Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Terrell Ford III, not joined by my regular, irregular co-host, Marquis, but I am joined by the frontrunner in the Racial Draft, uh, Kia Bernstein. Say what's up. Say my name one more time, Mike. Say my name. That's right. I'm here. You can find me at Kia B-ism on uh, Instagram or Kia B-ism on Twitter. What? K-I-B-I-Z-M. Find me. Right. You want to know what winning looks like. <laughs> <laughs> for people uh you're gonna it's a lot of crowing it's two weeks in a row that kia has been the top scorer in our racial draft uh fantasy comics league um promoted uh, league of uh, division of scoring if you will and um once again the top scorer i guess it was a tie for the top scorer but i'll give you i'll give you the nod since your team was a top scorer who was the top scorer again kia Wonder Woman. Yet again, women, feminine energy. Uh, That's right. And um, also tied with Wonder Woman with a whopping 27 points was uh, Batman. Who a lot of people, Lucky. A lot of people figure to be one of the favor, favorites for the top draft pick. But unlike Batman, who was the number four pick, Wonder Woman was the number 16 pick. So that's a lot of value there, I think. But, yeah. uh, you know, before we jump into sort of like the team by team, player by player, do you have any any uh, overall thoughts on your performance this week? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the same performance I bring to like, you know, any situation, quote unquote. Um, I just, you know, I serve it up good, give it really good, back it up really good. Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> I definitely, you know, I, I I bring it. I bring it. I'm just saying, and I'm single. Okay. This all right. You heard you heard it here first, fellas. Well, probably not first, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, the number one team with 75 points was the multiracial team. Uh, the number two team this week, it was actually a tie for second uh, between. Uh, early season favorites, the Asian delegation and Latinx delegation. Um, they both had 60 points. Do you uh, you want to talk about, you want to talk trash on the Asian and Latinx teams? Well, you know, the Asian team, you know, I always thought that, like, they had a good team, I'll be honest. Like, I, before this all came out that, you know, I was a winner, um, I really did think that the Asian team was going to be in first place because I thought like they had like the best team aside from the Jewish team, of course. Um, but uh, with the Latin team and the Asian team, I can see how they are neck and neck. And I kind of like seeing that watching the competition between those two for second place. <laughs> it is going to be a very close and tight conversation, uh, tight top competition. Hopefully not just for second place. I know you like having a big lead right now, but, you know. Yeah, only 53 points. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, last week it was only like, what, four, 42 points? Now it's like a 53-point lead? Uh, I don't know. So your lead is growing is what you're saying. Your lead is growing. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying. All right, well, 
like I said, from a competitive perspective, as just a as just an observer, I'd like to see maybe some more competition. We can't have you on every week talking trash on the teams as much as you. I mean, know. yeah, it's gonna get pretty boring. I mean, we're gonna be like, oh, what's happening with Rachel Trav? Oh, she's still winning. Oh, she's still winning. Oh, okay. I mean, it just goes to show about you know the future is multiracial. That's, that's what they always. <laughs> that is one. Oh my God, is that my new slogan? <laughs> oh. You're you're a post racial. You're a post racial. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the new world order. <laughs> Multiracial new world order. Um, and yeah, after that, surprising us uh, was the white delegation. I know. He gave us thirty-two points, led by uh, Flash and Wiccan. They were the two top scorers. Oh yeah, I should have gone back. Um, you know, Batman, who was the top scorer for the Asian delegation. And um, the the three top scorers for the Latinx team were Superman, Wolverine, and Doctor Strange. So basically, their first three draft picks finally came to play. Um, so good on them. But as for the white delegation, their number one pick and their number, I think, seven pick, maybe even far down as ten. Oh, speaking of the white delegation, we are joined by. The captain of the white delegation slash fantasy comics league guru sean martineau say what's up to the people hey how's it going pretty good we were just uh talking about your uh i guess we'll say tie uh, third place finish um since we had two teams tied for second um we yeah just- third place feels pretty good top of the second tier who else is here uh, it's just kia the front runner you know of course. You know, in our usual. I'm doing good. Sean, the more I talk to you, the more I like you. I mean, not saying I didn't like you before. I'm just saying, like, I just, I don't know. You put a smile on my face. Happy you're here. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's taking off your white delegation hat for a second. From, from Fantasy Comics League guru position, what are your overall thoughts about how this week turned out? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I can take my white delegation hat off because I emerged as the king of the peasants. <laughs> Which I knew I would, you know, I'm the one to beat. But I mean, it was nice. I was surprised there was a tie. I didn't think we'd have a tie right off the bat. We had two ties. Yeah, we did. You know, I guess that's what happens when we don't have fractional scoring. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure some things out. I don't, I, I, if we end up coming down to the wire where a tie is a possibility, we may have to figure out some, some tiebreakers. Okay, we have we, we've come up with two types of ties. One that could be decided by best character. Okay. So, like, if you had a team of four, right? Your best character. If my Spider-Man had eighteen and your Daredevil had seventeen, I win. Interesting. Uh, and then one time we had, it came down to the fourth character. The first, the second, and the third on the teams were all tied. Mm-hmm. That happened once. That was crazy. But then I think like the final two characters, like one character didn't show up and the other one got like two points. <laughs> one thing I was thinking about, and maybe we, we can get a sense of it, because you know, generally you, you guys' teams are smaller, right? And yeah. Fantasy Comics League, but because we have twelve rounds, 
I was thinking about doing the tiebreaker based on the latest draft pick. Um, no. No, no, no. I don't mean the latest. I don't mean draft order. I mean you the highest scoring low draft pick. So, for instance. Um, so instead of eliminating. So, we would go for the highest. You would go for the lowest. Who had the highest lowest score? Well, no. What I mean is, for instance, um, Kia scored 16 points with Deadpool, who was her 11th round pick. Um, so instead of just instead of going pure uh, highest score, it's the highest score from the lowest from the bottom rounds, and maybe we do like 10th round or above. You know. So. Okay, I feel like if you're gonna do that, you have to do it with the caveat that it's not a pole character. I mean, Whoa! I don't like that either. In picking, yeah, but remember, exception of Deadpool because it was all Deadpool. Yeah, but the twelfth round was all poles. Yeah. So, but that's not a character you pick for yourself. I feel like if you're going to make them lose based on a character or win based on a character, it should be a character they themselves chose. Well, I did that choose, you're and, and the only reason why we time out, time out, Sean. I want to point out right now. I chose Deadpool and I had the first pick of that round. The only reason why I had to do a poll to save Deadpool was because uh, she wanted to come on here and have her poll and she was going to be the only one with the poll. And I was like, oh crap. So S could not wait until the next round to have her say and have her like, you know, her double back. She wanted to kind of take my week as well. And I wasn't having that. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you want to count Deadpool as your character, that would be great. But, like, if it came down to me and Alex Wilder or Jamie Reyes, I would like Jamie Reyes to be the one that decided my fate because but I never wanted Alex Wilder. It was a stupid decision. I was pressured into making a fourth pick. <laughs> I would be pissed if I lost because of Alex Wilder twice. I mean, that's fair. That's fair, but you know, Jamie Reyes. I mean, we could make it, you know, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, which Jamie Reyes would be eligible because he's he was your ninth round pick. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting way of doing it. I, I I think it would be interesting to see. I just that would be my only concern, really. Yeah, because I mean, or we could just go with our second draft picks. Period. <laughs> of course. Um, no, <laughs> we're looking through these late rounds. There was a lot of talent. There was a lot of talent in the late rounds. You know, there was Cyclops, Hal Jordan, Deadpool, and Mrs. Sinister for the multiracial team. There was Carnage, uh, Silver Banshee, Hawkeye, and Elektra. I mean, not mega <laughs> powers, but still, you know, still big names. Uh, you had uh, Valkyrie, Daredevil, Kitty Pride, and Sunspot. I mean, Daredevil is 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 a pretty solid. So, Kitty Pride's still dead, right? Kitty Pride's still dead. Yeah. I okay. think Daredevil is going to be his best character. So his best character coming so late in the draft would be good for him. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're talking about. Sorry, we're talking about the Polynesian team. Yeah, uh, top two. Storm, Storm. I think. I think. I think there'll be some a lot of Storm scoring. But um, and then yeah, for the Asian team, it was Nightwing, Johnny Storm, Winter Soldier. Sorry, it was Johnny Storm, Winter Soldier, Silk, and Juggernaut. Those are some. Those are some solid. Juggernaut isn't Juggernaut something coming out with Juggernaut? I thought I saw something coming out with Juggernaut. Hey, he's getting his own comic, which is a weird choice at this time. 
I mean, hopefully it comes out while we're still scoring. It would be, it would be awful. It comes out the week after we end. <laughs> but, I only keep my finger cr- fingers crossed. <laughs> look, which team had Zatanna, Starfire, Apocalypse, and Supergirl? Those are those are big players. That oh yeah, Supergirl might actually be a really good one for them, right? I was thinking Apocalypse is going to be their best of those four. Yeah, and the you know the Black Delegation, you know, they do well, it. But wait, wait, wait. they have to be judged by Goku, like Goku. That's the tiebreaker. <laughs> if there is one, it's gotta be Goku. <laughs> I agree. I agree with Sean on this one. Here's the thing: Reverse Flash is their final pick, and as of now, it is their second highest scoring pick. Reverse Flash is getting some uh, street cred right there. I have to yeah, admit that. my fucking book. That's right. <laughs> Fuck you, Reverse Flash. I wish I had, like every time, every draft I made this round. I was just like, I wish I had looked at it a little harder. But look, like Blade didn't appear in anything. I could have got Doctor Voodoo instead, you know, like, listen. and then Flash. Like, I had him at like eight appearances or something like that. But four of them are Reverse Flash. <laughs> That's the thing, and you know, we talked about this before. I love the idea, like, of, of the reimaginings. The idea of regular Flash being white and Reverse Flash being black, and like that being a big part of his motivation to just completely destroy his life and the timeline in this particular uh, political climate. I love it. I love it. I like that we've got Flash and Reverse Flash and Reed and Doom. You know, we got the two big... Right, you've got the old memories. They're so similar, yet all they want to do is destroy each other. And and, then, you know, in the case of Doom, the people generally root for Doom over Reed. Um, I would say in the case of Flash, people, you know, really hate Reverse Flash, but they respect him. Is there are we... right now in the storyline? Isn't Reverse Flash kind of like going back in time and like just killing everybody so they don't have offspring? No, or... no. I mean, I joked about that, but actually, right now he's taking over the Flash's body, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh, that's even better. My that is even better. That's even worse, you know? <laughs> like, if you're not Piero's parents, I'd be like, oh, look, Barry's the guy saving the day right now. But no, it's literally him and Barry's body. <laughs> so wait, do you get points for that? <laughs> no, he gets the points for that. I would, like, if Barry shows up in the Speed Force or something, I'd get a point for that. <laughs> I mean, maybe you guys should both get points for that. It's really I mean, he is using the Flash's body. Yeah, but they have the same powers. Yeah, but like, you know, oh, everybody only knows it's reverse Flash on the inside. But really, is it the outside that counts? But it's the readers that know. The readers know the whole story. I mean, it's an argument. If there was a whole bunch of uh, issues of the Flash acting out of character, but we didn't know why, and then it was a late uh, issue reveal, you know, after like three or four issues, finding out, aha, Reverse Flash was in control the whole time. That then that's maybe an argument for both people scoring. But if once we if we know at the outset, and we know that he that Reverse Flash is the one that's driving the plot, so he's okay. so that could be the steal of the draft. Well, you know, steal of the Black Delegation draft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I tried for you, Sean. I tried for you. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, you know, the Latinx delegation, I would say 
their their final four picks were somewhat on the weak side. Um, Death, Aquaman, Kyle Rayner, and Jane Foster. Um, if Jane Foster's book doesn't come back anytime soon, we probably won't see her. And surprised Aquaman was lacking in the uh, Justice League. I guess there's no use for Aquaman in space. Is that what they're is that what they're saying? <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Talk to a space fish? I mean, look. They they made storm control solar flares solar storms you know like God, imagine Aquaman showing up on like a giant fucking space whale and like some event that would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Has Aquaman done anything? Not so. Far. Uh, he he, had, he gave he gave them two points in the first week, but um, he hasn't done much in week two. But he still has his own solo book, so that should be coming out sometime in the next couple of weeks. I think, listen, I think that the ceiling for the Latinx team is still high because they've got guys rack up a lot. I mean, like I said, their top three picks uh, all put up double digits, and there's still Thor, Black Panther, Shazam, Sue Storm. You know, got to watch your back a little bit. Yeah, well, Jason Momoa can still get it. <laughs> you know, but... Apparently, uh, in their in their recasting, it's uh, whoever the, the Latino version of Jason Momoa would be. I forgot who they're. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I malfunctioned like, when you said that. He looked like the guy on The Boys. You know the the Aquaman guy character on The Boys. Yes, but I don't remember the actor's name. The so, guy who plays that is Chase Crawford. Their guy, I don't know his name, but he looks just like him, except not white. <laughs> so, so, so in a way. In a way, their casting was perfect because, you know, the the deep on the boys is just uh, is just the Aquaman analog, and he looks like the Latinx, you know, Latino Aquaman. Uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was staring at Jason Momoa's picture. What were you saying? I, I do understand that. I do understand. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so let's see. So we were talking about the white delegation finishing uh, tied for third or fourth, depending on how you want to imagine it and then after that it was you know it was a little bit of a a crunch there was a tie between the native american and the jewish teams with uh the highest score on the native american team being unsurprisingly spider-man peter parker with eight points eight of his 11 points the crow still hasn't brought in any points (laughs) very quiet very quiet season out of the crow so far Mm-hmm. Uh, would you, Sean? Would you like to talk about the fake out in the issue in this week's issue of the Fantastic Four? Yeah, fuck Dan Slott. I mean, that's <laughs> all I got to say. Like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the guy's writing, but that fake out, I was just like, like it was nice that they didn't use a ton of powers. You know, I wasn't tracking a ton of stuff, but then you get to the end of the issue, and it's like, wasn't even them. And I'm like, cool. Always love these. I think they did one once in an X-Men comic where there was something like 27 characters. And then at the end, it turned out it was all in the character's head and that nothing had happened. And I had like four powers for like each of the 20 characters. And I was just like, I, who was that? Wait, so I want to say that was Jeff Lemire. And I had never been so pissed at a writer before. <laughs> <laughs> As a result of uh, psychological manipulation, nobody scores. 
I mean, the main character scores and the villain scores, but like, if Cyclops used Opic six times, right, and it's all in the character's head, Cyclops wasn't there, didn't use any optics. Interesting. Oh, so that, that all these that optics, me. making sure that I can stack them to generic, defensive, offensive, <laughs> figure out how that's working. It doesn't matter. It's like fifteen minutes of my time. It's gone. You can't get back. <laughs> It would be kind of cool if it, if, it, if it was a telepath, like someone like Emma Frost who made it happen. If she did, anybody pick Emma Frost? Yes, Emma Frost is an Asian delegation. But so, yeah. what if what if if a telepath makes it all happen? If the telepath is revealed to be the cause of it, gets all the points from everything that happened in the illusion. How does a telepath make something inside your head happen for real? Because that's just telepathy. No, but the tele- I mean, the telepath who has the ability to make you see what's not there is making them see all of these things play out. Again, like, that would be a deception. Like, to get an optics point, if the telepath was to get the optics point, she would have to somehow shoot or produce the optics herself. Because otherwise, it's just imaginary. So it's all deception at that point. You're saying that the thing didn't actually happen, so it shouldn't actually count. And I yeah, guess because it happens in the panel, it it happened in the panel. But how dare you use my argument against me? You know how many times this week we went back and forth, and I was like, it happened in the panel. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing it out there as as something to, to argue for, just to make the yeah. telephone more powerful. You know, especially like if you're um, who's another one that's good with illusions? Um, mastermind. You know. I don't. I don't know enough about Mastermind. Is Jason Wingard right? Like I don't know enough about Mastermind to even know what his power set says. Like I'll start giving him points when he starts doing things. <laughs> And I do feel, I feel like Emma oh, burn. is most likely, like of the telepaths, she's the one who tends to use her power in a way that makes people see things that aren't there. And who are you saying? Emma? Yeah, Emma. And, you know, and, and people tend to have extensive interactions. Remember the issue of Uncanny X-Men a few months back where it was, a, where it was Cyclops having an extended exchange with Captain America? And I think we found out like two issues later that it was actually Emma Frost who created the Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. I feel like the best you could argue for is creature. If Emma Frost takes the form of Captain America to commit something, she's essentially using, I mean, it's not a creature ability though, but it is the closest I could think of. She's pr- using another character as a creature yeah. mentally. So, I mean, I guess, so the argument for Mystique, though, Mystique actually gets their abilities when she shapeshifts, right? So so she could actually get all the points. Yeah, she could get the Cyclops, like, she could get the optics, the optics offensive, everything. Like, I like it when Mystique shows up more than I like it when somebody is revealed to have been manipulating things mentally. Because then at least Mystique is a physical character you can track and give points for, and it doesn't all feel like a waste. I feel you. but anyway, Yeah, I definitely don't think Mystique is a waste at all. For those of you who, who may not have been following this week's comics very closely, there was an issue of the Fantastic Four which teased on the cover the return of the 
new Fantastic Four, which was composed of Wolverine, uh, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and the Hulk. And, you know, those are three, four extremely popular characters. Those are four characters that were drafted in our racial draft, two by the actual, um, by the native team. But no, sorry, three by the native team. So that could have been huge for the native team. I didn't even realize that the new Fantastic Four is almost all native. But, um, (laughs) But it turns out that in the actual book, spoiler alert, that two of them, Ghost Rider and the Hulk, were actually created by image inducer, hologram. So not actually the Hulk or Ghost Rider. And the characters that were actually doing the thing were not drafted characters. So want, want, fail, fail horn for the <laughs> this week. And for anyone who was- No happened, points. Happened to be scoring panel by panel, who had to delete, 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 right, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> for the record, uh, do you happen to remember how many points they were before you had to take them away? I think I had Hulk was a, for sure, a punch and a durability. And I think I had Ghost Rider with chains and flames. Okay, so only... only he wasn't doing anything, so I was just trying to give him intimidation points. Right. He had, so he, he had flames. Pen and Stare. Now, Pen and Stare, does that count as, what does that count as under your, under the scoring system? The creative KO? Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember. Pen and Stare has not come up in so long. Right. Um, let me think. I gotta look at the powers. I would argue for creative KO, since we rarely use those. See, that is why I wouldn't argue for it because most characters. Because remember, on the fantasy comic league back end, which is something I'm working on, Brian limits it to 15 powers a character. It's not something I'm doing for DC because it doesn't suit our purposes. We gotta discuss all the powers. Right. So maybe creative KO, but I'm feeling like there's some demonic. Um, I suppose. I guess I feel like because it's unique to him and not uh, shared with all demonic characters, it feels it feels more personal. But I get, I get you. I mean, plus he's Ghost Rider. He should get demonic for everything he does, not mm-hmm. just there. Um. Yeah, okay. there's, there's probably another one that we stack it with, but I just can't think right now. I think should come up more. That's a big part of comics. So, what other teams? Oh, bringing up the rear are the the two teams who are battling it out for for the bottom. That, that was the Polynesian team and the Black team. Uh, they had seven and five points respectively the five points from the black team came from joker and the seven points came from storm scarlet witch and america chavez um oh yeah because she showed up yeah Yeah. um i was actually okay so in our database Mm -hmm. um because we add characters like Every week, we probably add about three to five characters to the database because we're now tracking them because they've either it's their first appearance in 2020 or they hit the threshold of what we consider worth tracking. We add characters every week. Got it. Kate Bishop, my favorite Marvel character, was not in our database. So I like added it and I like highlighted it in purple the day before this comic came out. I predicted her first 2020 appearance. That's cool, Matt, but you didn't predict the context for it yet. No, no, I sure did not. 
It was a pretty cool context, though. I mean, you know how nice it is to have a cliffhanger that's somebody getting married instead of somebody dying? Is it a cliffhanger, though? It was a flashback. The way in which it's presented in the story context, I would say, yes, it is a cliffhanger, because it is something I very much want to see. Right. And we're likely probably not going to see. Like, it's probably going to be, I think, the Empire Fallout <laughs> Avengers is the yeah. wedding. Right, so they're doing the one shot of the wedding, basically a wedding issue that also ties into a, an event, which might be good for the sales. Um, and since we know that nobody died at the wedding, we don't have to worry about the wedding somehow getting overturned like other weddings that have happened in the past 12 months. <laughs> now, obviously weddings count as character developments does getting left at the altar also count as a character yeah. yeah um if you're in a wedding situation you're pretty much getting a character development no matter what okay. i mean if you so so if you're in like the wedding party like you're you'll be a, you'll be a, like the bet like getting named the best man okay so w- Let's use the Kitty Colossus example because that's the one I think you're referencing, or you're either referencing that or Batman. I can't remember. Referencing that. In the Kitty Colossus example, Kitty got a character development for leaving Colossus at the altar. Colossus got a character development for getting left at the altar. And I don't think I managed to achieve this, but I was arguing for magic getting character development because I argued that scene right before the wedding is what led to Kitty leaving. So Magic would have got a character development for making Kitty realize she was not meant for Peter. I think it's a little bit of a stretch because it didn't happen immediately before. Yeah, and it was never specifically addressed. They didn't give it to me, but I felt like that could have been, there was at least an argument there. If not an argument, you could win. And let's not forget the Gambit uh, wedding at the wedding. Oh yeah, they, they stole the wedding, him and Rogue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like in real life, Kia, what do you think? Um, what do you think of this scenario? We're gonna spell it out for you. Okay. So two people are due to get married. One person at the wedding decides at the very moment that the ring is about to be put on, on the finger, nah, right? Um, the way it happened in the comic, she, she used her her phasing ability to not allow the ring to be put on her feet, which is really fucked up. But um, <laughs> then she leaves the wedding and then, uh, what's his name? Cyclops. Oh, not Cyclops, sorry. Colossus is, is so um, embarrassed by what happens that he, you know, wants to, to leave. And uh, Nightcrawler uses his teleportation ability to make Colossus leave. So both the bride and the groom have both disappeared at the wedding. And two people in the wedding party who had just kind of had a heart-to-heart decide, I mean, while everybody's here, I mean, there's a, a guy ready to marry somebody. Let's us get married. Faux pas or no? Actually, I saw that in a movie. And you know what? As a person who is cheap... Um, if I could do that at somebody's wedding, I totally would. I'd be like, well, I didn't even pay for all this too. Yep. <laughs> Bring out the cake. Bring out the cake. So I feel like if I was a guest at the wedding, while I would be happy that it happened, I'd still be a little creeped out because like the real bride and groom, 
um, had such a tr- sort of traumatic breakup? Well, I mean, I'd feel bad for them, right? But at the end of the day, you're all there. You're all dressed up. There's going to be food that's going to be like, you know, I'm like, they're not getting this money back. Yeah, it started already. So the like, best thing to do is somewhere. like to take the open bar and all that good food and that cake and you eat it and you party like the night is not going to stop. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. So you just go ahead with the wedding reception. You decide to like, uh, you just proceed as if they're the new bride and groom. Like, yeah and then you know and talk a little shit about how you know ah, damn you know this is real life stuff right here <laughs> you know you got to be sure before you get married got to make sure that this is the right person for you like it would be super awkward for let's say kitty's parents <laughs> but <laughs> think about how rare the x-men are all together in one room for a joyous occasion I feel you. I mean, Wait, the X Men do it, and then just ask Kitty's parents to leave. Yeah, well, I like honestly. Okay, if I was Kitty, I'd be a little pissed that my parents stayed. But, okay, like you're like, I'd be like, that's where you know, like the parents kind of exit, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, this shit. You know, they like, stayed. They party. Fawning over pet. Wolverine, she's like, "Oh man, my daughter always talks about you." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. If my if my mom started like you know trying to like hook me up, you know, like uh, I stayed to try to find you a new man. Like, okay, I might not hate her as much, but they better not just be out there getting lit and be like, "Well, you know, like this is what it is." Like while I'm over here, like you know, literally going through a crisis. You better, well, I, I, crisis though, because she left the wedding. She was like, I'm not ready for this. Whoop. Yeah, like, I, I need my mom to be like, it's all right. Everything's going to be okay. Now go there getting Liddy with Wolverine. Fuck that. <laughs> I feel that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I would definitely take advantage of the open bar. I'm not sure if I'd go, like, all in with, like, you know, cha-cha slide and everything else that people do at the wedding, you know? I better not get video of that shit. That'd be best. That would be hilarious <laughs> if the wedding photographer's like, look, man, they paid me. I got pictures to take. <laughs> that would be funny. Here's a video of the wedding that you did not have. What was your question, Sean? Nightcrawler and Kitty Pride. Intangibility and teleport powers. Um, what do you mean in, in the in the wedding? In the wedding. Oh, for sure. I yeah, okay. I I just wasn't because that is absolutely, especially with Kitty Pride going intangible. That's such a key moment in that story. You can't not count that. Right there, guys. Um, no, the real question, Sean, is does Kitty get a defeat antagonist? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, Colossus has to somehow break her heart, and then he gets a defeat antagonist because... Whoa, that's a little sexist there, Sean. I think that she does. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he doesn't get to be the hero in the story. He did. Oh my god, that's like the feminist hero of every story. Oh my god, she under she took the reins of her life, realized that it wasn't for her, did a strong woman thing, and walked that away. Great, but if like, there's a hero and a villain in the story, in the context well, he's of the, obviously story, the, villain. the man who he's, got his heart broken at the altar, it's, it's, it's his fault. He obviously gave her enough of the heebie-jeebies that she had to leave. Yeah, and she should have left in a way that didn't create a, let's call it a battle, 
at the altar. That's why I'm saying that. Well, I mean, and she had to use her powers too. Like I think this about to escape. <laughs> yeah, she had to, and then not to put the ring on, right? Then she's like, do some weirdness, to, like not put the ring on too. Like, come on. I, mean, I, I think I'm I not think saying Kitty's point. a bad guy. I'm saying in the situation created, the essential battle at the altar, where Kitty is leaving Colossus, if you were to pick a protagonist antagonist, I feel you. I mean, you know, Kitty the antagonist role more than Colossus does in that moment. In that moment, outside of it, I'm Team Kitty all the way. Fuck Colossus. I hate Colossus. I like, but him. in that moment. She's the antagonist. I like Colossus. I'm so, just for the points, I'm arguing for the fact that he was properly defeated in that moment. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't give a defeat to antagonist. That just seems cruel. <laughs> of all the ways to get left at the altar, actually going to put the ring on and have the ring not go on her finger, that's, that's pretty up there. That's pretty awesome. There are ways, like, things can end, yes, but the ways in which you end things can make you very, very evil. Yeah. And Kitty Pride's indecision made her the antagonist there. Yeah, like, I don't think that made her, I think that, like, think about, think about all the years in which women were forced to marry men. And here it is, she finally, she got to flex, she got to, like, do her thing, she got to actually have a choice in the, a choice in the matter. And she she chose. Yes, it might have been a little late, but you know, like when you're actually looking at that person, that person's looking at you, and you realize, ah, shit, I'm making a motherfucking mistake. I gotta get out of here. That's uh, strong. In love with her sister is who she's in love with. <laughs> Maybe it has not been confirmed. I mean, it's either magic oh, or wait, rape. So so wait, time out. She was in love with the sister. Wait, so that means that. She really stood for what she did. And she, like, oh, LGBT community, what's up? Like, I mean, come on. That's strong to realize that not only you're not in love with Colossus, but that you also love a woman. They, they, that, is, that is just subtext. It was never explicitly said. And, and the sister was the one that had the conversation with her the night before that said... Mm, what kind of conversation did they have? That's my question. The conversation that was like, Are, if you're sure, make sure you're sure about what you're planning to do tomorrow. Mm. Mm. I want to make a mistake. <laughs> mm. See that—that's even stronger. Oh, she definitely gets the point. I don't care what Sean's saying right now. She gets the point forever, but she doesn't get the defeat antagonist because I'd say. Well, you and I have different definitions of antagonists. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think anyone you defeat is an antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you guys now? You may not have remember, known about this, but your one of your characters, Catwoman, uh, left uh, Batman at the altar last year as well. That was well, that. That was just a smart move. I mean, seriously, a guy playing with his toys as a girl. Oh, man, you gotta get the prenup first. Get the money and then get out. Oh yeah, that is true. But he probably was like such a like a douche. He's probably like hey, prenup, Catwoman. <laughs> No, it was, it was sad. It was sad. She 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 left him a note. See, that was nice of her. Because I would have just ghosted. I would have been like, "Oh, I fell off a cliff. I don't know. I don't know where I am." Well, that's the thing. Where am I? They're supposed to get married on one of the rooftops in Gotham. You know, as they often do. 
Oh my god, so wait, he has all that money and he wanted to stay in Gotham and get married? That's a douche move too. I mean, it was supposed to be it was the place that they've met. Okay, and like, uh, but he has well, all that money and we're getting married in Gotham? Like, I would, I would double check. I would think about that again. I'd be like, oh my god, he's really obsessed with Gotham. Like, seriously, we're gonna get married and this is it? Like, you have all this money and we're not doing any traveling? Oh, you can't take a vacation? Oh, because Joker's back in town? Like, what the fuck? I mean, to be fair, they went on, like, an extended, like, pre-honeymoon um, beforehand. Where? Where? The, like, the city next to Gotham? What is that, like, <laughs> Center City they or something? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got back together, but now, I don't know, what would you say the status of their relationship is since she emptied out all of his accounts and gave them to the Joker? Sean? Oh, that. Hey, still together, you know? Bruce has been through some shit. I mean, do you remember, did you ever read Grant Morrison's Batman? Uh, which run would that have been? Uh, this is the run before Batman Inc., so it's leading up to Batman Inc. Uh, I don't think he's died yet, but it was like Batman was dating Vicky Vale, oh. and then Vicky Vale like shot him up with military grade, military grade uh, hallucinogenics, and then Batman was like, "I'm Batman. I know everything. I planned for this. I've actually bonded with the drugs in my system to become stronger." But like Vicky Vale threw some ugly ass shit at Bruce Wayne, and he was just like, "I knew this was coming. I'm gonna roll with it and be stronger." Like Batman's so crazy. He's crazy. Yeah, Batman gets written in such a way that it's. I would say him and Catwoman are still good though. He's probably like, "Yeah, you know what? It's money. You know, I can get money again." Catwoman, I think, if I was looking, if I remember correctly, like, I think this week, does she get, like, maybe two to six points or something like that? So, so in the first week, she got you, she got you eight points. She actually uh, here in this past week, um, but she's due to uh, appear. She's going to have to answer for her crimes um, in the Joker War for basically bankrolling Joker now. Now, to be fair, it wasn't, you know, she thought she was doing it to save someone's life. I can't, was it, um, was it Lucius Fox's life, uh, Sean? I'm smoking. Oh, we lost Sean for a second. Did but, he say he was smoking? Oh, okay. Is that what he was? Sorry. Sorry, people. Well, no sponsors. No smoking sponsors. But, um. <laughs> Are you could just be like. E-cigarettes, the best. <laughs> Sponsorship. But was it Lucius Fox that Catwoman was trying to save the life of? This was in the first week? Uh, no, when she was, when she emptied out Bruce's accounts for Joker War. Which was in the first week. Like, this isn't the first week of August. This was the last week of July you're talking about, right? I believe so, yes. I didn't read any of the comics that week, except to like confer with the points you were uncertain about. So no, I have no idea. I'm jumping in completely blind to basically everything DC right now. All right. Well, I mean, me, I'm I'm completely blind about comics. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Hey. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you reading some comics. We promise. But uh, I I am I am I'm I'm reading I'm reading guys. I mean, but it's hard to like you know. It's like I don't know if I want to read and jinx it because i feel like my no knowledge is helping me win 
I mean, you can't argue with the results. Can't argue with the results. Yeah. Our, your man Deadpool finally showed up this week with yeah. putting up 16 points. Mm-hmm. And I He's believe, my man. I like, Deadpool is like a one character appearance, maybe two this month. But if he's putting up 16 points every time he appears, you know? Well, I think he showed up in two books, right? He showed up in Strike Force as well. Oh, then that's both of his appearances, probably this yeah, one. So it was Deadpool and Strike Force. But, you know, you know how Wade is. Wade can, can just pop up anywhere now. I really feel like Deadpool is like the superhero version of me, like in terms of personality. Like things he says, things he does. Like, I feel like that's me. Yeah, and, you know, and, and and that's another reason that he's a good fit for the multiracial delegation. I think exactly. Suck on that, S. <laughs> oh, the hilarity of it all! Another uh, another major player who I think is going to continue to score for you is Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Dan. Yes, I, I, which which um, Captain Marvel was picked like way down there way too late the fifth round. way too late like I, I was actually really surprised that i got captain marvel and like nobody was even thinking about captain marvel yeah. sean what happened why would i be going after white people <laughs> i mean like i guess I mean, she's technically yeah, an alien i could have just whitewashed that that alien dna out of her uh, that's true i mean she's not she's not like the i like to speak to the manager haircut I just feel like she'd be Karen Danvers and it'd be very easy to pull off. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I mean, like point wise, like I I was just really surprised. Like that's a big name. Kids dress up like her for Halloween. Like. Honestly, I I thought like if you had just like given what I understand of the teams, like I know, I'm going to say I know about six to eight characters on each team. Um, I would have thought Carol would have been on the Latin team. It just seems like that would be where she would have naturally fallen much earlier than fifth round. But you see, mm-hmm. but you see they wanted Black Panther really bad. <laughs> but you made a mistake because Carol, Carol is far better than Black Panther when it comes to the FCL purpose. Right. I mean, he's a more popular character, especially among Black people. Um, but Carol, Carol's moving up in the world. She's moving up in the world. Um, there was some news this past week. Um, you know, we don't normally cover a bunch of comic news, but there was uh, a new director for the for the Captain Marvel sequel who was named uh, Nia. De, is it Nia DaCosta? Right, Nia DaCosta. Um, yeah. You know, she is a black woman, and she will be directing the uh, reboot slash remake of Candyman. Uh, she's she's an up and coming filmmaker. And a lot of people are enthusiastic about her. And that means a lot of people are going to be enthusiastic about Captain Marvel. Um, and I just want to point out, too, she's also very beautiful. Like, don't just say black woman. A beautiful, beautiful black woman. That is, like, that is, that is you know, recognize. Recognize. You know, and this just goes to show that Captain Marvel, um, even though she's not her, you know, in, in traditionally in the comics, uh, uh, black, there, there could potentially be some affinity there. Do you know what Roberto DaCosta's mom's name is? I do not. <laughs> it's Nina. I was like, it's it's Nia. I was pretty sure it was Nia. It's Nina with an N. But that is crazy how close their names are. 
and, and of course, the real villain of the racial draft, Tomatu, took Sunspot from us. Man, I wanted Sunspot so bad. If he had one guaranteed appearance, I would have drafted him in like round two. It wouldn't have been played. It would have been Sunspot. <laughs> I, I like how Tomatu played the villain because he was pretending to be just like the good guy that just loved everybody. But I knew. I saw you, Tomatu. I see who you are. The villain. <laughs> I see you. You know I saw you. A sunspot backstory? No, we never got a sunspot backstory. We didn't get lacking. I can't believe there was no backstory. You can't take <laughs> one of the best characters in the universe and not give him a great backstory. Uh, I guess we're gonna have to call Tommy T out on that. Yeah. Um, I, I'll do. I'll do the honors since I feel like you know I really put in a lot of effort with backstories. I feel like I should be the one to call Tommy T out on that one. Who among us wouldn't do a backstory, right? Yeah. Crazy. I know. But, uh, <laughs> Sean says nothing. <laughs> Sean's like, mm, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, we do have you on the spot. Did, did you give us a backstory for for the your 12th round pick, your Barbara Gordon, or is she just the same? <laughs> she's, I guess she's just the same because she's already white. Um, so... I do have a backstory. Let me give you my backstory. It's largely salvaged from the Cassandra Kane backstory. But, so, we got the Bat family, right? You know, rich Asian guy. He's got a white son. He's got Asian sons. We don't know what Tim looks like. We don't know what Jason looks like. Cassandra Kane's still Asian. Barbara Gordon joins the family and is so honored to be there. And then a horrible incident happens to her. And it paralyzes her. Uh-huh. And she starts to internalize that hatred towards the Bat family. Save for one of them. The only other white kid. Damien, who she takes over to the white delegation team that has now formed because she is the 12th pick that brings the team together. <laughs> Wait, so she's not, she's not cool with Dick? Oh no, she hates How could Dick. She not be cool Ian, with Dick. He idolizes Dick. Ian loves him. Wow. And she, I, idolizing Dick. And she goes, boy, that boy is going to break your heart. <laughs> Let me get you the fuck out <laughs> of here. Most dicks do. Happy Dick are meant to be. And you're not going to break up that happy ship. Um, I'm not going to allow you to have the shippers come after come after us dick and babs forever and i, I say my favorite word yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm so inappropriate i'm so sorry racial podcast <laughs> i mean my dream book my dream book peter it's, Tomato, dick. it's dick it's babs <laughs> and it's damien and it's dick and barbara finally coming together as a relationship well dick and and uh, Damien are out on the streets again as Nightwing and Robin. But do we really know he just quit the Robin identity? That's what he's doing. So I want Nightwing and Flam- and Firebird, which are the original, like Nightwing and Firebird are the Kryptonian uh, heroes that Dick Grayson took Nightwing from. So give Fire- Firebird to Damien, make them a crime-fighting duo again, put them out on the streets, and then Dick and Barbara... 
are getting back together relationship-wise, and Barbara's got like her own main plot going on that will tie into the book and draw them all together if it's like a 12-issue thing kind of thing. What makes even more sense than that? A lot of people have been saying that uh, Cassandra Kane should become Batgirl. What if Babs becomes Firebird since she's already affiliated with the Birds of Prey? Ooh. So now you get Nightwing and Firebird, Dick and Babs together as a tandem. I would love that. Anything that puts the two of those in a book together is fucking amazing. If you add Damien in as the little brother, almost like, I don't want to call him the son, but that would essentially be the role he would fill. That would be the best fucking DC title. He's the little brother. But, you know, you you went ahead... You went ahead and, and, and captured, uh, you know, two Bat family members under the white delegation. And uh, I, like our, I like our racially diverse Bat family. I'm a little bummed that no one got Jason Todd. I, I yeah, was, Jason Todd and Tim Drake are right out there. Like, I really wanted Cassandra Kane. I don't, I'm, I'm cool. I got Barbara. She'll appear more. But like, Cassandra Kane, her mother was protector to Rachel Ghoul. You know how easy it is to tie Cassandra Kane and Damian Wayne together? True. Their bloodlines are connected. She could, and they could not know. She could unwillingly be like Damian's older sister slash bodyguard. Oh, because you're, you're just thinking. Unaware that she was bred for this very purpose. Because oh, you're thinking that Ra's al Ghul was, was, was slinging, slinging the Ra's al D. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> I figured I'd get a laugh out of you, Kia. Well, you're letting me down. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I was on mute and laughing. So <laughs> I was like... <laughs> but yes. So, I mean, let's talk about... I mean, I'm sure you have the projections um, in front of you. Like, so what, what, do you, what are your thoughts about what's, what lies ahead in week three, Sean, from a fantasy comics perspective? Hold on, let me actually pull up. I don't have the coming week up, but I can get that in one second. First off, let me give you this brilliant site that you're going to love for tracking purposes. It's called leagueofcomicgeeks.com. Okay. They do comics week by week. You can, and like, it's a customizable thing. So you can have it that's only showing Marvel. You could have only Marvel and DC. And you can just go week by week and track everything and appearances and stuff. That's what I use to make the solicits. Okay. It's a great tool. And uh, also, while you're plugging sites, why don't you plug again your site? The fantasycomicleague.com. Your source for all things fantasy. That, that's not true. You're now a source of fantasy comic league. All right, we used to be mixed Marvel arts, and our plug was your source for all things Marvel entertainment, news, blah, blah, blah. I'm mean, trying to make that work for the new one, but it doesn't. It's it's a it's a pretty strong source for all things fantasy and comics, um, I I think. But Matt, she, I was sad Batwoman didn't get drafted. She's about to kick ass. I know the Jewish delegation just kind of let her let her sit out there. I mean, she's she's still Jewish. Wait, I picked Catwoman over Batwoman. Batwoman. You did, but I don't. I think that's a smart move. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Catwoman has her own book still, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, that is true. I think, yeah, that was one of the, it was actually one of the points in which why I picked Catwoman, because yeah. of the books. 
Yeah, Batwoman is is featured pretty highly in Detective Comics, but she doesn't have her own book. And who knows what they're going to do with Batwoman now that they've written her out of her own television show? What a what a big what a big disrespectful disrespectful move. You know what pisses me off? If they were going to write her out and replace her with a black woman, the entire Fox family is right fucking there. That it, Tiffany Fox would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, we talk about Tamara Fox in this house. She was in Red Robin before DC relaunched, and she helped him Drake take down the League of Assassins. She should be their Batgirl. Well, not Batgirl, it would be Batwoman, though. Yeah. yeah, Batwoman, yeah. But yeah, Tamara Fox, like, she had a great history, and then they relaunched as the New 52, and they just erased her. And now they're, like, they showed one possible Fox being a Batgirl in the future, and it was Tiffany, and I was like, no, Tamara, Tamara's right there. Tiffany, nobody's ever talked about Tiffany before. Why are you ignoring Tamara? Well, knowing DC, she's probably Tiffany Tamara Fox, and it's actually the same character. But Tamara could be Batwoman and Tiffany could be Batgirl. Sure. I mean, that would be a Batwoman Batgirl title and led by women of color. <laughs> that could sell like fire. I think that, you know, because I, you know, one of the things that one of the issues as someone who actually watched the Batwoman show is that storytelling is so focused on the Waynes and the Canes that to replace the lead with someone who has no connection to either of them seems odd to me when, like you said, the Fox family's right there. Their, their um, history is, is interwoven with that of the Waynes and it would be an easy transition to, from Wayne family drama to Fox family drama. And you know, all the existing characters that are still friends with Luke Fox can be friends with Luke Fox as he uh, begrudgingly backs up his sister, his estranged sister. You know, CW perspective, their story right there. But like I said... Not only that, but then imagine Black Lightning, right? Is like, he's not a poor superhero, but he's like a street superhero. Yeah, and then you would have a... Is he though? Superhero. And they, like, if you did a crossover between Black Lightning and Batwoman with the Fox family... Oh. I, feel I have to. I have to ask you guys a question about Black Lightning. Like, have you guys watched the actual show? Yeah, yeah, I've watched every episode. What What do you guys think of that? Like, I was trying to get into it, and I thought it was a little just. I don't know. Um, Maybe I was underwhelmed. I guess. Trying to watch it from the beginning, or were you just jumping? Yeah, in? I watched it. From, yeah, I tried to. You know, I tried to binge. You know, that's what I do. I mean. Um. Yeah, and I. I was just underwhelmed. I like it overall, but sometimes it it it, it takes some it has put makes some weird choices. Um, I think that over, I think it does things differently than the average CW show, but I think it's still kind. You know, it's got its it's got its good points and its bad points. I think that um, while I like that it tries to be a like really black show, sometimes it feels a little heavy handed. Maybe a lot. Yeah. Maybe a lot of times it feels heavy-handed. Um, like, are there any black producers on that show? <laughs> I mean, it's the showrunners are black. Well, sorry, now there's just one showrunner, but there used to be uh, two black showrunners um, who were married. But um, oh, okay. I mean, 
they're black, they're blackity black. And I think that, you know, they filmed the show in Atlanta. Um, oh, let's make it black. Cause <laughs> sorry. sorry, I got jokes about Atlanta. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, like I said, I think that sometimes when they, when they want to hit a theme, they hit it really hard. Um, and, and, you know, they've done some cool things in the later seasons. I think that the first season was a lot of table setting. And I think as they got a little bit of the green light, pardon the pun, um, for introducing more, more DC characters, they've opened up the world a little bit. But I don't know if they've done a great job of integrating it with the other comic book shows that they have on the CW. And I'd like to see maybe a little bit more of that. I'd love to see some of the Black superhero characters show up on Black Lightning. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle between you two. I watched the first season and it it wasn't for me. You know, I enjoyed it. As far as CW shows it's in the so. top three. Wait, like, wait, Sean. It wasn't for you? <laughs> the best character on that show for me was Tobias White. I fucking love that dude. Oh, he, oh, he carried the show. Tobias White. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I was going there. Oh, okay. So the show wasn't for you, Sean. And the best, the best character like, was Tobias White. Huh? <laughs> the reason it wasn't for me, though, is because it is a CW show. The CW DNA is still in it. Here's where I'm going to blow and I don't have time for CW crap. <laughs> Here's where I'm gonna blow your mind. The name I didn't hear what you said. I you you went quiet. I said, here's where I'm gonna blow your mind. His character's name is Tobias Whale. It's not Whale, is it? <laughs> oh damn. He's the albino. I know he's Tobias. Oh, but you made him white, huh? <laughs> you just made him Whatever. I mean <laughs> you you appointed the white delegation well. He's the white whale, and he uses a harpoon on his uh, enemies when he uh, beats them up. He's, yes, he's a big dude who's white, whose name is Tobias Whale. Yes. But uh, no, he, I actually- Okay, okay but hold on, hold on. Cause the, the way they were presenting him, he's white. They were like, he's an albino black dude. And I was like, I don't know what that- No, he's being- What is that? He is being presented as a black man with albinism who hates black people. He is a, a black person who doesn't like other black people. Oh my gosh. I mean, take away the whole his hate thing, but wow, to date a guy really who's actually black now. but has albinism? Oh my God. I have to put that on my bucket list. Ooh. I like him because of how ham-fisted he was and how he was the most ridiculous thing on the show that was trying to be really grounded. I, it wasn't because of his... Uh, Last name. No, that it wasn't, wasn't because of all the other name. things. No, <laughs> he was an entertaining character, and he like died and came back, and I was just like, I never knew what was gonna happen with the character. It was bizarre. His, his distaste for black people is so palpable. It's it's amazing. It is delicious. <laughs> thank you. That's it. It is. Th- um, thank you. Why would you say it thank expanded? You what other DC characters <laughs> did they bring into it? Like, I'm curious. Because, like, I know they set up, like, the Black Lightning family, but what other characters have been brought in? So, so there's, you know, a lot of the Black Lightning universe characters aren't big names, right? So, you know, there's a character named Painkiller um, who's big in the mythos. There's another character named the Tattooed Man. Um, there were, I'm, 
again, these are very, very minor characters who showed up. They did a version of the Outsiders um, in the most recent season. Um, they fought against, um, what's their country called? The, the fictitious Markovia. Um, Markovia. They, yeah, there was a lot of Markovian uh, metahumans in the most recent season. Um, there's a, 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 a character who's somewhat um, inspired by Geoforce in, in the most recent season. I would say, you know, I, I would say from a comic book show perspective, another thing that they did in the later seasons is that they really upped the fight choreography. So the action scenes are a lot better than what they were when the show first started. Another thing that I really liked about the show where it was maybe unintentional is the actress who plays uh, Thunder, um, Anissa. That's the older sister. Yes. She's not a good actress. But her character Facts. is such a fuckboy that it's so entertaining to watch her, like, just rack up points. <laughs> like, she's just racking up points with all the women. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's always good to see messiness on, on the super, superhero shows and to have a character who's not afraid to, you know, get into messy drama. I have a quick question. Has Jessica, has anything come out of, not to like totally segue, but I mean, you said messy characters and I thought it like my first thought was Jessica Jones. Uh -huh. Like is anything going on with Jessica Jones right now out there in the yeah. comic sphere? Kind of quiet right now. I mean, she had the solo book that was really good. Uh, I recommend from Kelly Thompson, if you can, can access the, the trade paperback for that. I mean, she's, but right now, not a lot from Luke, not a lot from, from Jessica. Luke is in Avengers right now. Not the main book, but Empire. Empire. That doesn't really count. He's not in an ongoing. He's just showing no, up. He's at least showing up. Like he's getting more than Jessica is right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as, as often is when it's a couple that's raising a child, they can always write her out as, well, you know, she's taking care of the baby. That's why we don't see her. Maybe she often shows up at uh, randomly uh, at um, when when Carol Danvers puts together um, a random party or hang out with her girlfriends. She's, as a matter of fact, I think she did show up in, in uh, an issue back in Captain Marvel with their, their girlfriend party. But eh, it's, that's usually it, just, just hanging with the girls or take care of the baby. So yeah, that's Jessica Jones for you. So you were, you were right to avoid her this, this, uh, season in the fantasy comics league yes speaking of characters that should not be avoided let's talk a little bit about superman uh sean you said you're not following the dc books uh very closely until recently so i mean he's got he's got books coming up this week doesn't he sean Oh, I think we lost Sean for a second. Sean's on mute. Yeah, but I he's not saying anything. So that's okay. We'll talk about Superman in a little bit. But um, yeah, Superman, Wolverine, and Doctor Strange are still going to be players, and I think that's not going to. I think that's not going to slow down. One character who I'm a little disappointed in is Thor. Um, especially because of the fact that there's a big event happening. You would think that Thor would be playing a major role in it, but he's on a quest, a.k.a. 
just uh, kicking it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Like, I, sorry to swing back to Superman, but like, I know everybody loves Superman, right? Like, I feel like that's just a thing. But I, I don't know. I think that like, out of all the characters in like the multiverses of multiverses of multiverses, like, I feel like Superman is kind of like one dimensional. Like, okay. He's super. Okay. He wears a cape. Okay. Kryptonite. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of like, I, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but cause I know everybody loves Superman, but I mean, really? I mean, I would say people. You didn't leave me while I was on my call. What did you say? What did you say, Sean? You didn't hear anything. I was just saying I had to take another call while while I was in here. Oh no, no, not at all. But um, no, I wouldn't say that people love Superman to the same level that they love Batman. I think that they respect Superman, and I think that respect for Superman as like a good guy, um, in in a very wholesome and endearing and inspiring way, is why he can show up in so many comics because you know he's he's a foil for for the characters that are a little bit more dirty. You know, they look up. Yeah. But, like, I mean, aside from his backstory, okay, I got Sid so I could save, blah, 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 and what all this stuff, like, I just feel like, you know, like, when is Superman gonna, like, super duper leave and, I don't know, just not come back? Like, he does the same exact thing every single time. Or now, like, because everybody knows he's super and they don't have kryptonite or whatever, they're like, oh, he's just gonna be here and flex. Like, don't make me use my powers. Like, it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, I mean, how many times, like, just like in like TV, like, or movies alone, like, I mean, I think the last Superman that I think I saw, I forget who played him or whatever, like, Man of Steel or? Yeah, it was Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill, he did a great job. I like what they did with the film. It was a little bit different. I think it was a little bit darker or whatever, but like, Overall, like how many times in my lifetime am I going to see Superman redone? I mean, probably at least forty more times. Like seriously, you're getting older, so like probably a lot. And and because he's so foundational, you know, he's the first major superhero. So when you want so, a superhero, I got to bounce for like probably ten minutes. Um, <laughs> X's car died. I got to go take her my car. <laughs> All right. So I will be back in a bit, maybe. If you guys are still around, I'll let you know. I'll message you. Thanks. All right, good. That okay. was Sean from the Fantasy Comics League. He has to leave to take care of uh, personal business, but uh, he was a great guest. And, um, you know, we'll be happy to have him in future weeks. Um, okay. Thanks for having me. Bye. 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 <laughs> okay, going back to Superman. Um, I hear you. I, I, what I, but again, he's, he's like the centerpiece. And he's not just the centerpiece of DC comics in a lot of ways he's a centerpiece of you know comics kind of overall and so there, and there's a certain element that even people who aren't fans of comics know Superman so it would it would be silly of Warner Brothers DC all the people who own his his IP to not use him um, now the now he may not be um, centered and get as much exposure as some of the more popular characters I can agree with that 
but I think he's I think he's a staple, you know. I think he's a I think he's a character that a lot of other characters can can sort of um, bounce off of and and be a foil foil for, if not just as as a kind of elder statesman, you know. Okay. Like you know you have All a right. Supergirl, um, maybe I I think that she kind of like is hard is hurt a little bit because everything that she's doing superman has kind of already done um and i don't think they put as much time into kind of developing her story it maybe in a more modern lens but you know i think that i think there's still room to tell stories of superman and i think that people still want to they want to be inspired especially now right so they want mm-hmm. They want to just like good, wholesome, great guy making great decisions out there in the world when there's people who are maybe uh, a little bit more conflicted or people who are a little bit more morally gray. Um, like, and again, he doesn't have to be the man. I think Batman has already usurped him in, in that respect as far as in, in most people's hearts. But yeah. he's, a fo- he's the foil. You know, if Batman is all about the complexity and the failings or or the frailty we'll say of of the human spirit and and relationship to trauma we have superman on the other side who is basically about finding your your best self you know and and i and i you know we've talked about this before in, in terms of it doing that racial draft of having him be represented by someone other than a white guy um probably does make him you know give him a little bit more depth because yeah i I think so by far you know yeah you know so where he stands now in the real world yeah yeah but that's the thing like i mean there you know i think i think that's a reimagining that maybe some people would you know i think i think it's a reimagining that that that's that people would would um would embrace if it was the right, the right casting, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, so I know some people have talked about uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, yeah. You know, as, as Clark Kent slash Superman. I mean, mm-hmm. I there are a lot of people that would be receptive to that. You know, you could, you could spin that. Yeah, story. I could see that. Yeah, you could spin that story fairly well to where he's not quote unquote threatening. <laughs> you know, for mm-hmm. but he still uh, he brings he brings that additional layer. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I feel you on that. I hear that. I mean, I know that a lot of people are sort of tired about Superman and want to see uh, want to see him step aside so that characters like Wonder Woman, for instance, can can shine but i don't think i don't think he needs to step aside right now one woman is shining all on her own yeah for sure for sure so yeah i mean you have any other uh big big picture comic thoughts that you want to you know get out while, while we're still here um i mean no actually i don't know i feel like i really shared a lot today like whew, oh i killed that um uh, not really, not anything that comes to my head right now, but so I'm gonna throw maybe. Out, I'm gonna throw out some questions for you then. Um, okay. Right now you're you're being carried by 
Wonder Woman, Captain America, Captain Marvel, and Miss and uh, sorry, Deadpool. What about some of the other picks that you've made? You know, Magneto, Mystique, Cable, Cyclops, Hal Jordan. Who in that group? Who would you like to see really make a you know strong push in the coming weeks? Well, Magneto, Mystique. I really like. I don't know, like. You know, I think I think you know, like Magneto's one of my favorite picks on my team. Um, you know, <laughs> I like that I uh, you know changed his background a little bit, but like I just really just if you just took took it out of the um, racial draft and just like him as just a character in general, I don't know. I just I just like him. I like him. I like his focus. I like you know what he does whether, you know, it's seen as good or bad, quote unquote. But I just, I really want to see Magneto, like, just do some shit. Because I know he can. Like, and I just, like, kind of want to see him just, like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, you know, this is what I'm for. This is what I'm against. And I just want to, you know, I just want to see him just mess up some shit. Yeah, I mean. Like, because he takes kind of, like, a leader role, I think. I think in a lot of his messes a lot of shit up, you know, maybe in a different kind of way. Um, yeah, like I want him to see, I want him to almost be a little reckless. Like, I want him to like, you know, I think he's very militant in how he like wrecks shit up, and I just kind of want to see him just like, you know, f all this, like you, you know, like just ah, just let it all out. Well, I mean, the way the storylines are going right now, it's gonna. I don't necessarily see him doing that because of how prominent he is right now and he's kind of getting his way but you know there's some potential for upheaval in the coming months um so mm -hmm. question as to whether the, the the time for fucking shit up will come within the parameters of our season or whether it'll yeah right well after. also mystique too as well like i love the fact that she can take on other people's powers like so i kind of want to see her you know take on somebody else's character that has been drafted by other teams and be like, ah, I'd be like, who gets the points now? Yeah, I feel like that, I feel like it would be fitting if Mystique were to, you know, uh, take on the persona of one of the top draft picks for Maybe like Batman. <laughs> just, uh, I'm sorry, I just think about points. I know it's not gonna happen, but. But like, you know, if, if, if she, if she she took on the persona of like Professor X or yeah, or even, maybe even Wolverine. Take Wolverine. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. You'd get That'd all the awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we're probably reason enough to start closing it down. Do you have any uh, final thoughts? I mean, I just want to say to you know those that don't know comics well like myself, but, you know, interested or, you know, just, you can win. You can do it. I mean, I am living proof. It can be done. You can smack the crap out of every other team <laughs> with less knowledge, like I have. That, but I, and I also want to say, though, that, you know, really, but out of all the other teams, though, the Jewish team has done a terrific job led by Annie and um, I feel like really Annie is the only competition I really have in this whole this whole uh, racial draft and that's because she just you know she's amazing <laughs> absolutely amazing all right 
I mean, I I gave I, I let you uh, <laughs> more and and you know I look forward to the Jewish team making up the hundred and forty nine point deficit and, and giving you I see hundred forty seven point deficit and <laughs> your money. That, that's low shade. I want to point that out. <laughs> Little shade right there. But you know what, Annie? It can happen. And you are the only competition I see. Hear that rest of the other teams that are in here. Okay. Annie is my only competition. And it's competition with love. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we're going to close it down. It's a little bit of short of an episode. Uh, look at, you know, Looking forward, we've got some some things brewing with regard to some of the past storylines. We're going to be doing a couple of deep dives um, in the Marvel world in the coming weeks. We're going to talk a lot about the Secret Wars event from 2015. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Civil War, we think, is going to be the, the first one we're going to discuss. So next week, you know, get your reading in. Uh, we're going to talk mainly about the 2015 uh, Battle World uh, Civil War world on Secret Wars, but we will talk a little bit about the original Civil War event from twenty from two thousand seven. So um, hopefully you can you know put on your imagination caps and think about how these stories would play out with these characters in their drafted forms. But um, from this week until next week, all things are possible. <laughs>